She's a small wonder. I'd like you both to meet Vicky. A child unlike other girls. And that's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Made of plastic. Microchips here and there. You're my voice input child identical. The ICI, I, I pronounce it Vicky. Hey there, everybody. Happy Saturday. <laughs> this is Angela Bowen, the host of She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast. How's everyone doing? I hope you guys had a great week. I had a pretty decent week. I got to see the new How to Train Your Dragon movie, and it was pretty good. I liked it. Granted, every once in a while I was checking my phone for the time, but the ending made up. I mean, I, I liked the movie, but then it felt, in some areas, it felt kind of like it was dragging just a smidge. The one subplot I did not, it, I wouldn't even call it a subplot or a mini plot. It's just this run-on funny gag. I didn't find it funny. I found it annoying. With um, Jonah Hill voices a character, I can't remember his name, but he keeps hitting on Hiccup's mom. And it's really gross and irrit it's very beyond annoying and irritating but I put up with it it's like why do we keep coming back to this it's not funny but I um I, I really like I liked uh Toothless has always been my favorite character and Hiccup will be second to that and but I love the uh the Light Fury I just thought, I'm not going to ruin the ending because, you know, it just came out Friday. I know there are people out there that have gotten to see early screenings of it, but I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a nice, you know, bookend to the trilogy. I have not caught the series on Netflix. I don't know if I will, but that's what I did Friday. Now, I know it's been about a week or two since I covered an episode, and I am ready to jump back in. I've actually been having dreams about the show Small Wonder. It's like, okay, Ryan's telling me i got to get back into this. And the only reason I took a week off um, is because I was doing other things, and I wanted to do that Mr. Belvedere podcast episode. So I might do that from time to time. I might skip a week of some other podcast to get to a movie or something else. So, today I'm going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 3, entitled The Sitter. Like a babysitter. This episode aired on September 21st, 1985, and it has a 7.8 rating. This episode's got a higher rating than the pilot, which is 7.6, and the second episode, which is 7.4. So, in need of a sitter for their son Jamie, Ted and Joan decide to give Vicky the job for the evening. But can Jamie be trusted to not take advantage of a useful robot? And is Vicky ready to be a sitter? I don't think she is. But then again, that's just me. So I want to read the back of the uh, DVD box here. It says, when the Lawson's babysitter cancels... Okay, so they did have a babysitter originally lined up. Ted sees an opportunity for a new function for Vicky. Cool. Good for him. He just, he loves being able to exploit this robot and just show off everything she can do. This episode was directed by Peter Baldwin. 
And written by Warren S. Murray, which is interesting because I think there's a character in the next episode whose name is Warren, who develops a crush on Vicky. Wait, is that the next episode? Let me see. The Suitor. Yep, that's the next episode. I bet that character Warren was named after uh, that, that writer there. All right, let's see here. No trivia. Uh, filming locations, Fox Television Studios, 19999S Bundy Driveway. Cool. That's in Los Angeles. I don't know if that... I'm sure that building must exist. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, as I like to tell the new listeners, thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying all of the shows, all of the Wonder Years. I've covered that all six seasons. We have all of season one of Silver Spoons available for you guys to listen to. If you'd like to continue listening to season two of Silver Spoons, head on over to the Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Podbean, and you guys can follow along with season two, because on that feed, I'm doing the rest of the seasons two through five, so... On occasion here, I also do Mr. Belvedere episodes, probably once every other month or so. Um, American Dreams, I might try to get into that a little more. We'll see, that might be a once a month thing. Coming up in March, which is next week, I will be doing character... Hmm... Uh, Growing Pains episodes by character. The month of March is going to be all Ben Seaver episodes. I'm going to be doing five episodes. I have chosen the episodes here. Let me get on that real quick and let you guys know what episodes I'll be doing. I open my notes here. Here we go. Okay, so Ben Seaver podcast episodes. We have from season two, My Brother, Myself. This is where Ben goes through puberty. Season 4, Episode 8, entitled Ben's First Kiss, where Jenny Lewis guest stars. Season 4, Episode 14, entitled Clay of Feet. This is where Brad Pitt guest stars, second guest starring role. This time he's playing Jonathan Keith, a rock star singer that Ben idolizes, and he finds out not all celebrities are nice guys. Season 5, episode 25, entitled Ben's Movie, where he makes a movie for a class in school, and he gets his girlfriend to don a bikini along with all the other bikini-clad girls from high school, and he's just, it's, it's a weird movie. Um, and the last episode for the month of March, it's going to be... Season 6, episode 23, entitled Homeschooling. Jason and Maggie find out that Ben has been skipping school, skipping his classes, but he's having stand-ins, like, go to the classes for him and take his tests and do his homework. Wow. That's... That guy's got a system. He's got a system. So, (laughs) that's great. All right. Also, if you want to follow along with the podcast for She's a Small Wonder, you can go to Facebook, and it's got its own Facebook page, She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast, and on the LBOM Wonder Years podcast on Instagram, excuse me, you can follow along there as well. 
so you'll find out about upcoming episodes. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you can go to iTunes, search Looking Back on My Wonder Years and Wonder Years Podcast. This is where you're going to find She's a Small Wonder, Mr. Belvedere, the first season of Silver Spoons, and Growing Pains. And if you're liking the podcast, just go rate and review. Every single rate and review that this podcast gets, gets it more noticed by other 80s TV sitcom fans like yourselves. Alright. So we come out of the intro and Ted is over by his living room closet that's got all his uh, techno computer machinery. And he's like, honey, are you ready to go? We gotta get to this thing. I'm not sure what the thing is yet. They haven't told us. But, um... Is it like maybe something for his work? Like a work party or something? I don't know. Of course, Joan is trying to get things straightened up. She's got a couple waste baskets there that she's going to go dump in the trash. And she, oh, I would just want to straighten up before Jamie's sitter gets here. And Ted's like, honey, uh, the sitter is 15 years old. I don't think she gives a shit if the house is a fucking mess. I mean, come on. <laughs> she's 15. No, no teenager cares if the house is messy. And Joan kind of says back to him, like, well, I am into neatness, and I'm no teenager. And, of course, we get another sex, well, semi-sex joke, I guess, just the, the parents being frisky with each other. He's like, oh, well, lucky for me, because I'm into older women, and something about firmness or something, like, Whoa! Uh, they gotta put in jokes for the adults. The, the, the kids, this is gonna go over their head. But I wanna play this because this is funny. Now, honey, you almost ready? I mean, we can't be late to this thing. Yeah, you know? I just wanted to straighten up before Jamie's sitter got here. Honey, this sitter is 15. <laughs> Teenagers aren't into neatness. But I am, and I'm no teenager. Thank goodness. Uh, I prefer dealing with an old established firm. <laughs> Firm I like. Old gets you a month of TV dinners. Uh, how about mature? I must be on the couch. <laughs> Mom, Dad, you know that squeak Vicky had in her neck? Well, I fixed it. Watch. Go ahead, Vicky, do it. <laughs> oh, Jamie, I wish you wouldn't do that. Why? Well, it must hurt her. Joni, Joni, honey, a, a robot can't hurt. And yeah, and you've got to stop thinking of her as a real child. I'll try, but it's not easy. Oh, okay, Vicky, I'll go to your cabinet. <laughs> go to my cabinet. <laughs> to keep her in that box. It's so dark in there. Okay, I'll try harder. <laughs> so Joan clearly loves being told that she's firm. <laughs> And Ted uses the word mature, and she says, well, how about sleeping on the couch? And then she mentions, like, how about TV? Like, you watch what you say to me, dear, otherwise you will be eating nothing but TV dinners. And Jamie comes in. He's leading Vicky by the arm, almost like he would lead a dog on a leash. Like, come on, Vicky, here you go, come here. Um, And he's like, hey, Dad, remember how Vicky had, like, this weird uh, squeak in her neck? I fixed it. And he's like, here, Vicky, show him what I did. And she turns her head around 360 degrees like an owl. Of course, Joan is like, oh, Jamie, honey, don't don't have her do that again. 
she looks like she's in pain or that might hurt her. And again, Ted tells her, dear, we've been through this. Vicky's a robot. She can't feel pain, remember? And she's like, oh, yeah, I know. And Ted has Jamie tell Vicky, like, hey, Vicky, go to your uh, cabinet. And Vicky's like, go to my cabinet. And, of course, again, Jonah's like, oh, do we really got to keep her in that dark box? I don't. And, of course, to this, Ted just rolls his eyes. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. She's not a real human being. She's a robot. So that's the thing with this. You can definitely tell. I mean, Ted created her. So he has no real feelings towards Vicky other than she is his creation. Whereas Joan cannot seem to get past Vicky's lifelikeness. And just treat... I think throughout the show, she treats her like a daughter almost. Or at least another child. She can't get past the whole she's a robot. No matter... How often she sees the gadgets underneath the flap in Vicky's back. She still sees her as... Well, someone's got to have some... Uh, hum well, I shouldn't say humanity. Uh, just... So the phone rings. Joan gives the two small wastebaskets to Ted. And Ted's like, oh, uh, mm, here, son, here, you take both of these. And here, I'll hold the door. I'll get the door. At first, he's like, I'll get the door. I'm like... I didn't hear the door. I didn't hear a knock on the door. No, he meant the door leading into the kitchen. So, <laughs> so Jamie asked Ted, like, hey, Dad, where are you and Mom going tonight? Because, you know, we as the audience also kind of want to know. And I figured it had to be something for his work. Where Ted's work is unveiling a new product that they're going to be soon assembling or working on. So, it sounds Ted... It sounds like it's going to be boring. He really doesn't want to go. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. This is kind of interesting as he says it's a, Ted calls it, a, it's a robot arm that opens and closes a door 3,000 times a day or something to that effect. And of course, this is 1985, right? So in Jamie's mind, he's like, wow, that's, I thought one. Ted said a car door opener. I assumed it was the kind that you, you know, unlock with your key, but I don't think in 85 they were there with that development yet. I'll get it. Well, uh, yeah, here. I'll get the door. <laughs> Hello? Where are you going tonight, Dad? Oh, we're going to a really dull reception that my boss is giving <laughs> to announce our latest product, the United Robotronics. What is it? Well, it's, it's a car door tester for assembly lines. You see, it's, it's a robot arm that opens and closes a car door 3,000 times every hour. Wow. That must be tough on the guy who has to get in and out of the car. Yeah, well, he hasn't complained yet. <laughs> it's a joke, Jamie. You can hear him take these. So... Ted explains that it's a robot arm that opens and closes a door, 3,000, a car door, 3,000 times a day. And Jamie kind of makes a joke, like, oh, wow, that must be tough for the guy who's got to get in and out of the car. At first, I'm like, what is a robot arm that opens a car door a bunch of times? How is that beneficial so the person inside the car doesn't have to even bother opening it? 
But now that I think about it. Oh, there's my pizza lunch. I'll be right back. So I guess Ted was trying to make a joke or something like that. He's like, Jamie, that was a joke. Here, as he hands him back the wastebaskets. It's like, Ted doesn't want to deal with with uh, wastebaskets. So he's like, oh, I got more important things to do. Here, take these wastebaskets. I gotta adjust my tie. As they both walk into the living room. <clears throat> Excuse me. Joan's on the phone with uh, the babysitter's mother. And apparently, the girls come down with the flu. Really? Just this now? You couldn't have called earlier in the day and said you call, like, an hour or so before you have to show up? And I'll say, oh, she came down with the flu. Are you kidding me? But Ted's like, oh, great, so we don't have to go. Ted doesn't want to go to this thing for his job. He's like, it's going to be so boring. So Joan's like, as she's adjusting Ted's tie, like, honey, you'll have to go to this thing for your, by yourself. I will stay home and take care of Jamie. And Jamie's like, oh, mom, you don't have to do that. I know someone who will work for like 75 cents an hour. And then they're like, well, who? He's like, well, me. I can stay and watch myself. It's like, and I agree with Ted and Joan. It's like, buddy, you are 10 years old. That is still, that's too young. I mean, I can see maybe if he were like maybe 12, 13, wouldn't be a problem. He could hang by himself at home, but it's like, you're still 10. Even nowadays, I don't know. Would you leave a 10-year-old home by themselves? Uh. I like Jamie's comment when Ted says, sorry, buddy, you're only 10 years old. And I like Jamie's comment when he's like, yeah, but being in this family ages me fast. Like, uh. And Joan goes to sit down on the couch by Jamie and says, I'm, honey, I'm sorry. You're just, you're still, we feel you're too young. So Jamie's argument is, I'm old enough. I even have a hair on my upper lip to prove it. And <laughs> I love Ted's comment here. He jokes out, well, when you have a hair on your chest to match it, then we'll talk. And Jamie's, like, bringing up this argument. Well, like, why won't you let me just stay by myself? I mean, what do you think I'm going to do? Dye my hair green and microwave my goldfish? And Joan's like, well, no, we didn't think, but now that you mentioned that, now we are a bit concerned about leaving you by yourself. So Jamie kind of thinks this whole thing boils down to, you just don't trust me. And then he also brings up that, well, I won't be by myself, Vicky's going to be here. And Ted, bottom line, is like, buddy, look, you may be ready to stay by yourself, but we're not ready to let you. And I'm thinking, CPS? Seriously? They say, it's not like they're going to be skulking around the house like, oh, is this little 10-year-old boy unattended? Like, no, that's not how that works. But Jamie's just feeling really bad. And um, I'm going to play this clip here. I got important things to do. I got to do my time. Well, I'm sorry, too. My hope she feels better soon. Okay, bye-bye. Problem 10. Mrs. Davis's daughter suddenly took ill, and now she can't sit for us tonight. Good, we lucked out. Yourself. I'm old enough. I've even got a hair on my upper lip. 
Yeah, well, we'll talk about it when you've got a hair on your chest to match it. <laughs> Why can't I be alone? What do you think I'm going to do? Dye my hair green? Cook my goldfish in the microwave? <laughs> Those thoughts never crossed our minds. Until now. You just don't trust me. Oh, honey, it's not a matter of trust. Gee, I'm not a baby. Besides, I wouldn't be alone. I've got Vicky. Look, Jamie, you might be ready to stay alone, but we're just not ready to let you. That proves it. You don't trust me. So with that, Jamie goes to his room. Ted sits down next to Joan on the couch and says... Well, Joan, of course, is worried that they hurt his feelings. And Ted's like, I know that, but he's 10 years old. You know, I really, the idea of him home by himself just doesn't sit with me. And then, of course, we start talking about Vicky. So Ted's like, you know, Jamie does bring up a good point. I could, and, and Ted is all excited, like, oh my gosh, this would be the perfect opportunity. I could reprogram Vicky to watch da Jamie. And he doesn't even have to know about it. He's just so jazzed at seeing what else he can do with Vicky. Of course, since Jamie mentioned it, now Joan can't pick, get this picture out of her head of a goldfish in the microwave. Does Jamie own a goldfish? <laughs> like, you're fine. He's fine, Joan. Don't worry about it. I think we heard his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there has to be a first time, but leaving a 10-year-old alone really worries me. I mean, who knows what could happen? Well, Jamie's pretty responsible. I was talking about Vicky. <laughs> Actually, you know, honey, mm -hmm. Jamie doesn't have to be alone. I could program Vicky to be a sitter, and he doesn't even have to know. Well, can you do that? Well, sure, you know, and it'd be a real good test for her. What do you say? Well, okay. <laughs> There's still one thing that bothers me. What's that? I keep thinking about that goldfish in the microwave. So in the next scene, we see Joan and Ted walking out from the hallway into the living room. And Ted, Ted keeps checking his watch like, oh, we just might make it to this thing. And I like that Joan has this fuchsia-colored wrap over her dress. I really wasn't digging the dress. It's like... Bright colors of, like, yellow and purple on, like, a, um, a light pink background. It just, I didn't like the dress, but it, the colors didn't do it for me. But, um, Ted calls for Vicky, and Vicky is, like, trailing them like a bloodhound. She's, like, practically right up on Ted's ass. And he turns around, like, Vicky, where? Oh, you're right here. As he takes her and kind of moves her off to the side, like, I almost ran into you. So Ted bends down to Vicky's level and says, Now, Vicky, I want you to pay very close attention to what I tell Jamie. And make sure that he does it. I want you to listen very carefully to what I tell Jamie and make sure that he does it. Got it? Got it. I hope we're doing the right thing, Ted. Honey, I'm positive. What is it? We're leaving now, honey. Who's sitting for me? Well, we decided you were right. You're old enough to be on your own. Yeah, I'm right! But there are a few ground rules. First, don't open the door for anybody, no matter what they say. I won't. And you must be in bed by 9 o'clock. 
for me. I'm thinking, the babysitter's not fucking there, because, well, Vicky's gonna watch him. And Ted's like, you know, Jamie, you know what What you said earlier? You're right. We're gonna let you stay here by yourself. And he's like, wow, really? You trust me, huh? Great. But Ted does say, alright, there are some rules, though, that you will have to follow. And they say bedtime is 9 o'clock. Of course, Jamie, being a 10-year-old, he's gonna push it to, like, hey, how about 10? And Joan's like, no, 9. And he's like, 9.30? And Ted's like, well, how about 8.30? Does that sound good to you? And Jamie's like, uh, uh, no, 9 o'clock. That's great. That's great. Joan also adds, make sure you do your homework before you watch television. Don't let the, open the door for anybody, which, of course, that is probably one of the main big rules if a parent's going to leave a teen or whoever by themselves they will know yeah you don't answer the door for anybody I don't care if it's Aunt Gertrude who broke her leg and needs assistance don't open the door for anybody when Jamie is negotiating the bedtime with his parents he's like wow you guys are worse than a Ru the Russians what and Joan of course is like well we're worse we're parents like okay that joke kind of fell flat Oh, before Ted and Joan, like, the door is open, she's in the doorway, she turns around, like, oh, I didn't kiss Vicky goodnight. And Ted's like, honey, you don't do that to a robot. And Vicky's like, you didn't kiss Vicky goodnight. And Joan looks to Ted, like, see, you hurt her feelings. So she goes and kisses her goodbye. She is not, guys, she's never going to drop this whole Vicky's a robot. She does not see her as that. She sees her as another child. Ted, you can tell her she's, Joan, that Vicky's a robot till you're blue in the face. She's never going to accept that. <laughs> so Ted does tell Jamie, like, the number for the restaurant's going to be by the phone in case you need us. And Jamie's like, oh, I won't need you, Dad. Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. And Vicky's like, everything's cool, as she winks. And Joan comes back in the door like, honey, what's keeping you? And he's like, oh, nothing, nothing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Jamie all about shuts the door in their faces as they walk out. Like, all right, let the fun begin. So Jamie turns around with this giant mischievous grin like, hey, you know that saying, Vicky? The cat's away, the mice will play. Well, you and I, we're the mice. And Jamie's like, I can do anything I want. Boom, jumps on the couch and climbs over it. <laughs> and Jamie's like, yeah, I can even watch television all evening. And Vicky turns and says, you must do your homework before watching television. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, uh, she's gonna make you do that homework. Don't think you're getting out of that. Man, you know that thing? 
Like, hey, homework's no problem. I got a crap ton of math, but you, my wonderful robot computer genius, are gonna do that all for me. So now we move to his bedroom. He's chilling on the bed. He's got his Captain America comic book. Like, hey, Vicky, how's that homework coming, eh? Don't forget to show your work now. This has got to be a real Captain America comic book, right? Because there's a ad on the back of the magazine, or the comic book, for Acne. What's it say? Acne 12? Is that actually a product? It's got to be. That's got to be a real comic book, isn't it? I don't really, I don't read comics, so I don't know. So, we move over to the window. At first I thought it was like, oh great, a Harriet scene. No, actually, Vicky's sitting at the desk. Jamie's like, hey, Vicky, how are those fractions coming along? And she's like, I have two problems remaining. He's like, only two? Wow. Fractions suck. I hated them in school, and when I took that math class for college, I just took a couple classes, English and math, and... I, ugh, fractions make me want to rip out my hair. I don't like them. It, it, ugh. But who does like fractions? Ugh. How you doing with those fractions, Vicky? <laughs> I have two problems remaining. Only two? Correct. Boy, you're doing ten math problems in the time it takes me to do one. <laughs> you're fantastic. And I'm a genius. <laughs> I have finished. Wow. From now on, it's straight A all the way for the big J. So, he tells her, like, wow, you finished ten math problems in the time it takes me to do one. And she's like, well, I'm finished. And she stands up, hands the math booklet to him. And he's like, hey, now it's straight A's for the big J all the way. Like, oh, my goodness. Big J, huh? Let's take a look around uh, Jamie's room here. He's got an uh, elven stuffed chipmunk on his nightstand. He's got a Snoopy coffee mug on his desk by the window. Remember that thing I told talked about the last time that was sitting there? It's the, um, like, you pull the string on it and the thing in the middle, like, will move around clockwise and it will hit like a specific animal. I get a clearer picture of it now. It's actually the Smurfs because I recognize Papa Smurf with the beard and the red hat and the red pants. And then I think we got, um, what the hell is the girl's name? Um, um, Smurfette. Yes, that's it. Um, I see that in the background. And I, even still, it's like Jamie's 10. Unless he's had that since he was, like, maybe two. But it's just a product placement. But I see there's a dinosaur there. There's a nice little, um, lay, uh, desk lamp there. 
So, oh, I see there, there's a bit of red, like, all over. The, he's got a soccer ball that's, like, white and red, and he's got, um, there's a lot of different red. Oh, there's, like, a fake parrot that's sitting on that, the long arm of that desk lamp. So, Vicky calculates his grade at a C plus, and he looks at her like, well, no, wait a minute, you're a robot, you're not supposed to make mistakes. But, she says... She's been programmed to be an average 10-year-old, not a high-rated 10-year-old that gets straight A's. Well, she's like, I have to make mistakes. It's like, oh, shit. Well, Jamie, that blew up in your face. You might want to check those answers. You know, I noticed here, it looks like the boy who plays Jamie, Jerry Cyprian or Superiorian? He's got like a scratch on the side of his face. Like, what happened? Oh, he's also got a chalkboard. What does that say? It's in cursive. Leave your something. Clear your. Clean your room! Wait, is that what it says? It looks like. No, it does say clean your room. Okay. So Jamie says, I'm going to reprogram you to get me straight A's. Like, uh, you can't, you don't know what you're doing. Don't fiddle around with her. And Jamie is so excited. Like, hey, I discovered the cure for common homework. As he orders her to go back to the desk and fix those problems so he's getting an A. I calculate your grade for this assignment at C+. C+, that's crazy. You can't make mistakes. You're a robot. I'm programmed to be an average 10-year-old. Average 10-year-olds make mistakes. Well, forget it. I'm reprogramming you to give me an A. Got it? Got it. I'll recompute. Better. Let me know when I have an A. Man, I've discovered the cure for common homework. So now we move on to the restaurant. Is this where his jobs thingamajiggy is or are they going out to eat first and then going to the work thingy i don't know but we see ted at a payphone remember the payphones yeah i used to use the payphone once in a while you can't find a payphone nowadays they don't exist <laughs> apparently it's a busy signal so either jamie's on the phone or the phone got knocked off the hook so Joan comes up and like, honey, what's going on? He's like, oh, well, the line's busy. I, well, he's probably on the phone talking to his friends. And he's like, oh, yeah, that could be. Or he could be talking to the fire department. Okay, you're not on the phone with the fire department for a long amount of time. Usually if you call them like, hey, my house is on fire. Come and put the fire out or something. Or you give them directions or something. You're not going to be on the phone for a long period of time. Not to mention, if your house is on fire, I don't think you'd be using the phone in your house. Granted, how many people... Well, this is 1985. Everyone had a landline back in the day. No one has a... Not many people have landlines anymore. Everyone's... That's what it is. Um, yesterday, I was watching a Full House episode, and I told Jeremy, I'm like, you know what's funny? Everyone here has landlines, but you watch Fuller House, nobody's got a landline because they're all talking or texting on their phones. <laughs> No, okay, so Jamie's on the phone with Reggie, who we will meet Reggie, I believe he is, like, throughout the series. 
He is like Jamie's best friend. So Jamie's concocting this little plan like, oh, Reggie, tell the guys I will do their homework. Get this. A buck a piece. Jamie, buddy, at least get five. Get five dollars. A buck? You'd have to get at least ten people to be able to make that even worth anything. <laughs> but he is so confident in Vicky's abilities that he's going to start pimping her out to do homework for everybody. Oh, my goodness. This kid, I tell ya. That's right, Reggie. Tell the guys I'll do their math homework for a buck apiece. <laughs> and I guarantee an A. What do you mean I'm not that smart? I got brains I haven't even used yet. So after <laughs> Jamie gets off the phone with Reggie, after he says, hey, tell the guys I'll do their math, their homework assignments for a buck apiece. Of course, Reggie, we can't hear what he says on the other line. But then Jamie's like, what do you mean I'm not that smart? I have brains I haven't even used yet. And Vicky comes in with Jamie's math assignment, says this should be an A, and he takes the booklet from her, and he's like, hey, I hope you can end up as my roommate in college. Like, oh, Jamie, what kid wouldn't want someone else doing their homework for him if they didn't have to work hard? And he's just like the average 10-year-old that back in the 80s that would probably do that. So Jamie says, out of sight, Vicky. And, of course, Vicky repeats it, turns around, and starts to walk out of the room. Like, of course, you forget, Vicky takes everything you say literally. You now have an A in your assignment. <laughs> Boy, sure hope there's some way you can be my roommate in college. <laughs> out of sight, Vicky. Out of sight, Vicky. <laughs> no, come on back. See what's on the tube. Maybe a good movie I'm not supposed to see. on like hey let's see if there's a movie on here like I'm not supposed to see you know like uh, adult movie and as soon as Jamie turns the TV on something starts going on with Vicky it almost looks like if she were a child 
like a human child, you'd think she was having some type of seizure with her just, her body starts convulsing and shaking. Her eyes are literally rolling around in her head. And Jamie doesn't really understand. At first, I thought it was a TV. He's like, hey, maybe it's this remote. He turns off the TV and then she's back to normal. But then he's like, maybe it's the remote. And he points it directly at her. Immediately, she starts seizuring again. He's like, oh, my gosh, I have to call mom and dad. What's wrong with you? Oh, my gosh. And then he turns. Yeah, it's clearly it's the remote. I think it's like causing some interference with her um, circuits and stuff like that. Because Ted does say he hasn't 100% perfected Vicky, Vicky yet. So the phone rings. Jamie has Vicky answer the phone kind of in the way that they spoke about. And I thought she was going to say, hey, this is Big J's house or something like that. And she's like, no, this is a Lawson residence. We are not currently available. Please leave your name and number in a short message. We'll get back with you. And it's Ted calling the house. And he's like, oh, no. Well, no, he's like, oh, man, now she's an answering machine. Well, (laughs) of course. Ted's like, hey, what did I think of that? Well... Because your son is apparently a couple steps ahead of you. Must run in the... Robot genius gene must run in the family or something. Because Jamie's, like, coming up with all these type of things. Like, even the whole Vicky can watch me kind of thing. After Ted originally turned that idea down, he's like, hey, that is an idea. And then the same thing with the the whole... Hey, she's an answering machine now. Dang, I could have thought of that. <laughs> So back at the house, Jamie's like, hey, Vicky, who was on the phone? She's like, they didn't say. Really? They didn't leave a message? They didn't say. Okay. Well, Jamie's like, hey, it could probably be that nosy little snoop next door, Harriet. I think, why would she bother calling you up when she can just look in your windows and see that you're home? Oh, here we go. Yep. I figured that was going to kick in eventually. As Jamie's reading the TV guy, like, hey, here's a movie. It starts at 9 o'clock. And Vicky, of course, programmed your bedtime starts at 9 o'clock. Like, yeah, he's going to try to weasel a lot of that. And that's that's probably where she picks him up, literally picks him up into the air and probably drags him to his bed. Who's on the phone, Vicky? They didn't say. Was there a message? They didn't say. Could have been that little Snoop Harriet next door just checking to see if we were home. Except she never stops talking. She can even talk underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, here's a good movie that starts at 9 o'clock. You must be in bed by 9. You've got a lot to learn, Vicky. That rule only applies when my parents are home to enforce it. (laughs) You must be in bed by 9. What are you, a broken record? tell people what to do they tell you if you are not in bed by nine i will put you to bed (laughs) that's funny and just how do you intend to put the big j to bed like your bedtime is nine o'clock and he's like hey Vicky listen okay I only go to bed at nine o'clock when my parents are here to actually enforce that rule all right and she keeps repeating that he's like what are you a broken record 
Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to make me go to bed? Because she's like, I will put you in bed. She literally grabs him by his shirt, lifts him into the air, and he's waving her. I really wish that we could see how these special effects were done. Because, like I said, this is the, the mid-80s. And I really am curious to see how these special effects work. I know that the, the audience, because this is filmed in front of an audience, they do all the green screen stuff like behind this, where the audience can't see, because otherwise then that would kind of take away from what she can do. Like, oh yeah, we saw her do that. It, she wasn't really doing it. All right, now we move to the kitchen and Jamie is wanting to make himself a milkshake. So he's like, hey, Vicky, look, all right, my parents said, didn't say a dang thing about whether or not I could have this, and I'm going to do it, so don't give me any grief. I love Jamie here how he says, see, this is what makes adolescence bearable. Like, buddy, you're not in adolescence. You're 10. You're pre-adolescent. Although I thought pre-adolescent is like 11, 12, but I think it hits at 10. Like, once you hit the double-digit mark. So he puts in this uh, blender what looks like a half gallon of milk. That is going to be a large, large milkshake. And I know kids don't have to worry because they have a high metabolism. They don't have to worry about putting on a bunch of weight and everything like that. But it's like, is that kid going to finish all of that? Folks didn't say I couldn't have a chocolate milkshake. So don't get on my case, Vicky. <laughs> watery and gross. Okay. <laughs> Not bad. Here, have a drink. Alright, I want to go back and kind of go through this, what he's adding in here, because this is very extravagant. Alright, so we got the half gallon of milk that he pours in there, which is like half of that mixing blender cup. He's got at least two 
or three measuring cups full uh no um like one of those uh for measuring uh like flour and stuff two of those measuring cups full that's how large those scoops of ice cream are <laughs> that he's putting into there so he's like all right next you put in the chocolate syrup and he says just a dab he tips the entire content now this isn't the hershey's lick it's the chocolate syrup but you know how hershey's like would come in a bottle and you squeeze it this is like a can that he's like, oh, just a dab, like, he pours, like, all of it in there. And then he, okay, I have never heard this before, putting a raw egg in there. I mean, maybe he's done this before, but what is the benefit of putting the egg in there? That's a great way to get salmonella. Of course, we get a callback to the pilot episode when he's like, hey, Vicky, remember how I taught you how to break an egg? And she's like, yeah, 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 yep. Break an egg. And he goes over to it because he probably knows, like, you're going to mess this up. And he's like, yeah, da, 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 da. it's very delicate. As he takes it, and then he hands it back to her, and then she smushes, because he says, can you hand that back to me? She smushes it on his sweater so that he ends up having to take that off. Of course, he's doing all of this on the kitchen table, and he's like, oh. And the thing is, he was going to start it up before he even put the top on it. I'm like, buddy, you got to put the top on that. That's going to go all over. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you could have put done all of that stuff on the counter where there's clearly an outlet there. But, of course, handy robot Vicky, she's got an electrical outlet in her armpit. So he hooks it up to her. He doesn't even let the thing run for a minute. It's more like 30 seconds. I mean, there is still a lot of chocolate sauce that needs to be whipped up into that. But he's like, oh, this will do. As he just starts drinking, he takes a sip from the the blender uh, bottle thing there. And he's like, oh, not bad. I'm like... It looks really runny. Like, buddy, you need to have that going for at least a minute or more, too. Because to, you need to get everything mixed in there. It looks really watery and soupy. <laughs> like, a milkshake's supposed to be, like, thick. Not soupy. <laughs> and definitely not watery. Yeah, I just watched him mix that up again. I'd say it probably went for ten seconds. If that. So he's going to offer... You can't give her liquids, Jamie! Did you... Oh, his dad didn't cover that with him about that. That thing is frothing. And he took, like, a sip. So I'm going to play this clip as he's like, Here, Vicky, have a drink. Not bad. Here, have a drink. <laughs> I'm not programmed to drink. Well, then I'll program you. <laughs> this is something not even a robot should miss. <laughs> drink, Vicky. <laughs> This is good stuff, eh? This is good stuff. <laughs> Say that again. This is good stuff. <laughs> what happened to your voice? My circuits are wet. Oh no! I'm gonna be grounded for the rest of my life! <laughs> I do not compute the word grounded. Hey, your voice is okay. You're all fixed. <laughs> 
So she just takes a little sip off the top of it, and that's all it takes to fuck her voice up. And she sound, her voice is really warbly and garbled. And he's going, oh no, what happened? And she's like, my circuit's a rat. <laughs> so he's like, oh no, my dad's going to grow me for the rest of my life. Ugh. And then for a second, her voice is normal. And he's like, well, why is your voice normal now? And then she starts talking garbled again. And she's like, slow drying circuits. Like, okay. <laughs> like, and he's praying. He's got his hands together. Please, please, please. I pray that the, your circuits will be dry by the time my dad gets home. And she's doing the same thing he's doing, praying. <laughs> oh, we gotta have Harriet in this episode, don't we? It's nine o'clock. Why are your parents letting you out of the house, even though the Lawsons live next door? because Harriet wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she's threatening him, like, oh, if you don't let me in, I'll cut off one of my pigtails and say that you did it. What do you say to that? And Jamie's like, well, why don't you tape it under your chin and you'll be Abe Lincoln? And then she says something about how, oh, I'll, if you don't let me in, I'll stay out here and freeze to death. I don't know what state they live in, but... I don't think you're going to freeze to death. You're not even wearing a jacket, so. So she's like, what do you say to that? And he's like, and shuts the door in her face. Now, I think that this is um, the actress Emily Schulman, who she has a smile on her face when he shuts the door in her face again. So I'm going to continue this as she will not leave them the fuck alone. Luckily, Jamie's got the door uh chain lock on it so it won't let her in completely but she could just slide underneath the doorknob because she is small enough uh will you do me a favor and freeze to death quietly if you don't want to play with me how about you vicky uh vicky doesn't want to play i would like to hear vicky speak for herself what do you say vicky <laughs> i say this <laughs> So Harriet asks Vicky, can Vicky hang out? And Jamie's like, no, no, she can't. And of course Harriet's like, I would rather hear it from Vicky's mouth. So Vicky pu 
pushes, I, uh, kind of pushes Jamie back. And I thought, oh, she's going to kick her fucking ass. No, she spits, like, <laughs> does the same thing that the, the blowing the raspberry. Why did they, that is such a stupid term. I don't like that. It doesn't go with it. Blowing a raspberry? Just say you're spitting out of your mouth with your tongue. <laughs> you know, I mean, so <laughs> shuts the door on, Harriet. Thank you, thank you. Now we got Jamie and Vicky sitting on the couch watching television. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time she's ever been introduced to television. So, and mind you, she is a tape recorder too. So I bet she's going to be recording some of this stuff for later <laughs> as evidence. Yeah, he's getting in trouble. Jamie can't. Jamie? Yeah, Dad? I want you to go to Vic. 
you see it? I see it. Okay, press it, and Vicky's voice command circuits will be cleared. When you hear the tone, <laughs> the time will be nine o'clock. <laughs> it's bedtime. Yeah, later. I've got to push the red button. You must be in bed by nine. Uh, Vicky, I got to open the curtain. Jamie, what's happening? Did you deactivate Vicky? No, she deactivated me. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie. Do something, Mr. Electronics Genius. It's freezing out here. You know, uh, maybe all those years of sneaking into sorority houses in college weren't wasted. <laughs> when the kids are dancing here, it's just funny because watching this, the girl who plays Vicky, Tiffany Brissett, you see she's got a little smile on her face. Like, she is having a fun time. And so is Jerry Cyprian. They just, uh, you know, they get to be fun. So, of course, Jamie had, you know, has the door with the bolt on it because, you know, they're not allowed to let anyone in that isn't their parents. Well, guess what? Uh, apparently... J uh, Vicky's taken that lesson to uh, her memory bank, as in, your parents said not to let anyone in under any circumstances, and Jamie's like, yeah, but except for my parents who are, like, outside right now. And she actually has Jamie, she's got him squatted on the floor, her hand is, like, holding him down via his head. Like, she's got him, like, locked in place. And, and Ted is outside. Like, what? Jamie, what's going on? He's like, Dad, I can't. Vicky won't let me up. She won't let me let you in. And then from, luckily, from outside, because apparently Joan's like, hey, well, can't you deactivate her or something? He's like, oh, I'm outside. Can I do that from here? Uh, no. So he instructs Jamie to Go to the back flap on Vicky's back and hit the red button, which deactivates her. Boom. Guess what happens? Nine o'clock. What's nine o'clock? Well, it's Jamie's bedtime. So now she is trying to, not trying, she succeeds in grabbing Jamie by the back of his sweater and pulling him, dragging him to his room. And Ted's like, he, he can't, they can't see anything from what's going on on the other side of the door. They can, all they can do is hear it. Like, he's like, Jamie, what's going on? Why are you not opening the door? And he's like, Dad, I can't. She's got me. She's dragging me to my room. Poor kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, before he even was able to hit that red button, her, um, little alarm system went off, you know, telling the time that it's nine o'clock. Like, oh, shit. I didn't know that that thing was going to come into play, but yeah, now you're kind of screwed. So apparently Harriet was not the only one that was cold outside. Joan is complaining of being, like, it's freezing outside. So this is going to be, like, maybe late, late September, maybe, or even, you know, mid to late October, depending on where they're at. It probably could get down to, like, the 40s, and it's, like, if you don't have a heavy jacket on, Ted's standing there in, you know, his, um, his blazer, so he's not complaining of the cold, but I thought he was gonna get frisky with his wife or something, though he's like, oh, yeah, all those years of sneaking into sorority houses and stuff, so he's got a plan, I think he's gonna try to break into his house. Okay, I gotta <laughs> 
all. So he goes over to the window. He's like, let's see if it's open. Oh, it's open. And then he starts berating Jim. Like, why is the window open? How many times have I told you? Do you want us to get robbed? And I'm sure she's going to say, honey, this is not the time nor the place to be giving me a lecture. Let's just get inside the house. Bingo. It's open. Why is it open? What have I told you about keeping the windows locked? You want us to get robbed? No, I want us to get inside. Oh, right. Here, take this one. Oh. Thank you. Okay. Give me a little shove. A little shove! Harry Lou Retton, I'm not. I can get this. Thank you very much. What? I'll get the, uh... comedy as he Ted has Joan take off his blazer so he can get into the window and he's like all right honey give me a little shove as she pushes on his ass and he and he falls forward into the house he's like honey I said a little shove and she said something about you know assisting him because he makes a joke about Mary Lou Retton I am not which Mary Lou Retton she was probably you know doing her Olympics thing back in 85 and of course he goes out the front door again probably to help her and she's oh by the time he's already through the doorway she's already gotten herself through the window and she shuts and locks the door and he's like honey what are you doing and she oh i'm sorry so they go upstairs we get upstairs and jamie is in his bed and Vicky is, like, standing guard like a Doberman with her hand, like, placed on his chest, holding him down like you're not going anywhere. And I love Jamie's response as, like, just wait until I hit that red button of yours. You, oh. I'm gonna pay for this, Vicky. Will I get my hands on your red button? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what seems to be the problem here? Am I glad to see you? Is everything all right? No. You said you trusted me. Instead, you left me with the incredible Hulk for a sitter. <laughs> Release, Vicky. Oh, sorry, Jamie. I guess we were just being overly cautious. She even put me to bed with my clothes on. <laughs> okay, Vicky, get in your cabinet. Get in my cabinet. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Get in my cabinet.
So Ted and Joan come up to Jamie's room and basically Ted says, hey, Vicky, back off. Release my son. And Jamie kind of gets on their case like, I thought you said you trusted me. Instead, you left me with the Incredible Hulk for a sitter. And Ted's like, buddy, I'm sorry. Look, we were a little overprotective. We just wanted to make sure there was somebody there in case you had any issues. And he tells Vicky to go to her cabinet. That's when her voice is all kind of wonky again. And Ted calls her back like, whoa, 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 whoa. Come back here. Say that again. And, she, blah, 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 blah. and, and he immediately looks at Jamie. What happened here? What is up with her voice? And Jamie's like, well, I kind of gave her some of my chocolate milkshake. And, of course, Ted starts in, you know how we feel about you having sweets after, you know, 8 o'clock at night. And Joan asks about his homework. Did you get that done? And he's like, yeah, I got it done. And Ted, of course, is on to him. Like, did you have Vicky help you with your homework? And Jamie's like, well... No, she did my homework for me. I thought you'd want me to get... This way I'll get smarter faster. And Ted's like, well, we can wait. Okay, don't do that anymore. And one of the things I think is funny is... Um, Jamie's like, she even put me to bed with my clothes on as he pulls his blankets down. Like, would you rather she has stripped you naked and put you into bed without your clothes on? <laughs> oh, Ted is saying, you know how we feel about you having those sweets. It's... Ice cream. I thought it was more a concern of him having, like, sweets and whatnot after, like, 8, eight o'clock at night. Do you just not want him having ice cream? And, and ice cream's not a sweet? It might be considered junk food, but it's not like having a piece of hard... See, when I think sweets, I think hard candy or uh, sour gummy ball gummy balls <laughs> gummy bears or, or or something like that you know not ice cream but then again to each their own I guess I love Joan's joke about how hey Ted look on the bright side eh, robots can't get cavities uh, yeah he just kind of Ted's side eyes are like honey come on now this isn't going to help me fix her so Ted sits on the set, you know, next to Jamie on his bed. He's like, hey, buddy, look, trust works both ways here, all right? You're going to have to help us out. It... And he asks him, like, hey, did you teach Vicky anything else tonight? And Jamie's like, eh, no, not that I can think of. Of course, Jamie, uh, Vicky's like, well, you did teach me one thing. And Ted's like, what? And she's like, like, eh, great. Oh, she's like spits right in his face. Because when the credits start to come up, I notice Jerry Seprian like touching Ted's face. Like he's wiping it. And at first I didn't see her spit on Ted's face like that. And I'm like, why is he wiping his face? Like, oh, it's the spittle from her. Okay. Because even it's almost like the, the um Dick Christie who plays Ted kind of looks a little confused. Like, what, what, why are you, do what, what are you doing? Why are you touching me? Don't touch my face. All right. Well, you know what? That's the episode. I thought this one was really, really cute. I gotta say, I liked it better, of course, than uh, the Neighbors episode, just because I can't stand the Brindles. We only got Harriet in this episode for, like, 
a couple minutes tops, which is great in my eyes. The less Harriet, the better. <laughs> um, let's see what I want to rate this one. You know, I really can't find anything wrong with this episode that I can knock a point off for, so I'm going to give it five out of five robots. I really, I, th I love the special effects. I love Jamie introducing uh, Vicky to Michael Jackson and the robot. That was fun. The kids looked like they had a lot of fun with that. So that's two. Um, even though I thought it was kind of gross, I thought Jamie milk making that milkshake is like every kid who hasn't done that back in the day. <laughs> I also like some of the product placement. Um, you know, this is 85. We got Elvin in the chipmunk or uh, Elvin stuffed animal on Jamie's nightstand. I liked the little Smurfs. Um, toy where you pull the lever and it spins the little thing around and usually it's something I've seen like they had farm animals on it but this one had the Smurfs character so that would have been cool um I still don't get why he has that being he's like 10 and that toy is for like a three-year-old that might be a little too non-advanced for a three-year-old might not be that into that. That's maybe a two-year-old. Um, let's see. So let's see. What was the other thing? I also, the product placements. Um, I liked, um, towards the end when Ted was kind of, you know, they were Talking to Jamie, like, what else did Vicky learn? And the whole thing with the trust issue. You know, and just... It, it, it was a cute little ending there. You know, him asking Jamie what all she learned. And the whole spitting in Ted's face. Vicky spitting in Ted's face like that. And, uh... It was cute. It was a cute, cute episode. So... Alright, let's talk about what's going to come up for next week. So next week's actually does have an audio commentary, so I will watch that one, and then I can just come back and uh, talk about that in episode five. But, alright, next week, season one, episode four, entitled The Suitor. This episode aired on September 28th, 1985. When Jamie's classmate Warren stops by the house, he becomes smitten with Vicky. But when Jamie tries to interfere in the relationship by programming Vicky with insults, Warren's feelings are hurt. Aww, Jamie, why'd you do that? That is sad. But, um, yeah, this one does have an audio commentary with the guy who played Warren, Daryl Bentley, or Bart. Bartley. Okay, um, let's see. It looks like he was an actor in seven things. Small wonder he was in five episodes. Season one, season two, and season three. Um, other than that, I, I don't recognize him from anything. Um, it looks like he's got work in the visual effects department. In some things. Oh, the Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 post fist artist. I don't know what that is previous artist on Life of Pi in 2012. Uh, ooh, the Avatar film, Tracking. I don't know what that is. Let's see, what else? Anything? American Piper, Sense Pink. Ugh. Um, a lot of Power Ranger stuff. CGI animator. Really? 
This is a 1999 NASCAR Racers. That's not Power Rangers. Oh, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. See, I remember the original Power Rangers. That's the stuff I grew up on in 1993 or 94. So, yeah. All right. Let's say hi to some podcast listeners. We have Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Sukur, S-U-K-K-U-R, Pakistan. We got Karachi, K-A-R-A-C-H-I, Pakistan. New City, New York. D. Pierre, Wisconsin. Barcelona, Spain. Bakersfield, California. Boise, Idaho. Centerville, Maryland. Muskegon, Michigan. Eatontown, New Jersey. Easton, Maryland. Raleigh, North Carolina. Silver Spring, Maryland. And Johannesburg, South Africa. All right. Well, everybody, I hope you have a great weekend, what's left of it, because it is now currently, for me anyway, 8.14 in the evening on Saturday. So, good news for my dad, who's currently in the hospital. He's been there since last Wednesday, hopefully coming home Monday. So, fingers crossed. I'm excited. I'm happy for him. That way he can continue to heal in his own environment where he's comfortable. Granted, he'll have hospice there in a hospital bed, but I'm just happy that he's going to be going home. And Jeremy and I saw him today, and he he looked good. So, also, thank you, everyone, for for the prayers and the the well wishes for my dad. That That means the world to me. It really, really does. So, all right. Praying for warmer weather as we go into March. Last full week. Well, no, last week of February. And then next, by this time, next Saturday, we're going to be in March. That much closer to spring. I'm excited. (laughs) You can tell. (laughs) All right, bye, everybody. See you next time.